Thank you for tuning into the Quarantines podcast. We are a group of teenagers who wanted to start a podcast and talk about what life is like in quarantine right now. We are very excited that you're listening. We apologize for the audio quality because we are practicing social distancing and this is all done over video calls. My name is Madeira. My name's Sebastian. My name's Daria. My name is Silas. My name is Juliana. And this is the Quarantines Podcast. What have you guys been doing during this time to support local businesses? My family actually owns a family business called American Cyclery. Um, It's a bike shop in the city and we have been our business has been doing pretty good because right now a lot of people want to get bikes or get theirs fixed or like mother's day is coming up and a lot of people want bikes for mother's day um but yeah we know that other places aren't doing great like restaurants right now well what my family has been doing um to support local businesses is um you know get groceries from local stores um Sometimes we go out for a treat, and that's basically it. Yeah, um, my family has been trying to help out as much as we can with local businesses. Um, We did order out once. Uh, There is a little bit of a fear because, you know, there is a virus, but we realized that as long as you wash the, um, the plastic where it comes in, then it's pretty safe. So we just took it out of its, like, plastic containers when we got it. And then uh, we ate it. We got sushi, so that was fun. Um, My sister has also been buying books from a local bookstore instead of getting uh, them off just off Amazon to help out. Um, Yeah, we've just been trying to help out. And we've also been getting stuff from local grocery stores. Yeah, same as Madeira. My family's been going to the local grocery store in Pacifica, like one of them, uh, Oceana Market, which if you live in Pacifica, you probably know what it is but you know if you aren't doing those things or you are and you still want to help out you can always get takeout or share your favorite restaurants menus on your social media media you can also um give a donation but if that's a little too much for you you can always just leave a little extra tip yeah i know this isn't like local business but we ended up donating to several businesses over the website kiva it's where like people can or yeah they they ask for loans for their businesses like i think i ended up donating to person who was like selling bananas. Here is our podcast quote. What lies behind us and what lies ahead of us are tiny matters compared to what lies within us. From Ralph Waldo Emerson, a 19th century American philosopher. We will now be interviewing local business owners on how COVID-19 is affecting their business. Would you like to introduce yourself and your business? Sure. My name is Matthew Kasoy and I'm the owner of Rosalind Bakery in Pacifica. How has the shelter in place affected your business? It has affected our business in some fundamental ways. Um, The first way is that it actually grew our business almost overnight by 30%. Um, And simultaneously, it um, forced us to make changes to our staff at the same time. So it, sh- it shook the whole, the whole business to the core. Have you applied for a government loan for your small business? Yes. But have you received it yet? 
No, not yet. So what advice do you have for any other small businesses that are struggling during this time? In regards to loans or in regards um, to just business? It could be either. Well, if it's a loan you're looking for, be patient and don't get your hopes up. Um, it's, it's a very awkward climate for business. Um, uh, and, and in regards to just business in general, if you're able to keep your lights on, uh, you need to be flexible to, um, make changes, uh, on an improvisational way on a daily basis, sometimes minute to minute. So is there anything you would hope for like the future of your business? (laughs) Um... Uh, it's 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 a really difficult question to answer because the future is so uncertain right now. Um, fortunately, we make bread and people need to eat, so we're in in a good position. Would you like to introduce yourself and your business? Yes, uh, my name is Aaron Schlevy, and I run Flory's Books in Pacifica, California. How has the shelter in place affected your business and how are you adapting? Well, it's affected it pretty, pretty drastically. I can no longer have people in the store during the current, you know, quarantine situation. So I've had to change my sort of entire business setup to basically a mail order type of situation. Um, You know, for over 40 years, we've basically just had people ask for a book or come in and look for a book, and then they come into the store in person and we sell it to them, just just like most other stores. And now that I can't have anybody in the store, uh, I have to just take orders via email and phone calls and things like that. And it's a little trickier because, you know, uh, we're just not set up for mail order type of situations, you know, with uh, credit card billing and all this sort of thing, and, and also, um, just kind of playing phone tag and email and everything, trying to catch up with everyone. It's, it's, as you're probably aware, it's much simpler when you can just talk face to face. Right. So have you found that the community is being supportive during this time with your business? Yeah, the, I, I've been very, very pleasantly surprised, I guess maybe not surprised, but I've been, I've been very happy with the, with the support from, from people in the community. It's, really been kind of amazing. I, I, you know, when it was first announced that, uh, you know, non-essential businesses and the books don't count as an essential business, um, that we wouldn't be able to operate as normal, I thought that that was probably the end of the store, to be honest. You know, my grandmother worked at it for years and I've taken up where she left off, but um, people have really been very, very supportive of the store. And even people just checking in, uh, giving phone calls or sending emails, encouraging me, you know, because not everyone is either looking for a book or in the situation right now where they can they can buy anything, you know, because not everyone's working or anything either. So, um, but generally speaking, I've had a lot of a lot of support from people in, in town. Have you applied for a government loan for your small business? Uh, I have, and actually I just heard back, but all I heard back was basically an automated email um, that they had received my application and they would get back to me if there were any further developments, basically, if there was any change in my application status. So uh, I haven't actually applied for or haven't 
received anything or gotten any kind of definite yes or no on any anything so far. A lot of the it's sort of tricky for my business because I am uh, what they call a sole proprietor, but I also have no employees at the store. And a lot of the sort of small business and kind of disaster relief sort of loans, they're really looking to help small businesses that have employees so the employees won't have to be laid off or go on to unemployment. And um, I mean, as, as, as a brief example, there's, um, there's a program for San Mateo County that I would otherwise qualify for every one of their criteria, except you have to have at least two employees and, and the owner or manager of the store can count as one employee, but you need one other full-time employee or two part-time employees. And I have none of those. So I can't even apply for that one. They say, if you apply and don't meet all the criteria, your, your application will be thrown out. So, you know, it's, it's a bit tricky for a small operation like mine, but I'm, uh, looking into others and things. We'll see, we'll see what we can do, I guess. Well, from what you said, it's been an obvious, you know, struggle for your business during this time, but what do you have like for advice for any other small businesses that are struggling during this time? Well, uh, I would say, you know, I, I'm in a bit of a lucky position because the main supplier of the books from my store, I get most of the things from my store nowadays from one big book distributor called Ingram Books, and they offered to do this direct-to-home shipping program where you can still buy a book from my store, but instead of it being shipped from my supplier's warehouse to my store, and then you come pick it up at my store, they ship it directly to the customer's house, which is great. Um, but I know not every small business is in that sort of situation. Um, I would just say try to hang in there and um, try to figure something that you can do that will keep some sort of money coming in during this time when we can't operate as we normally would. Um, you know, uh, it's, it's going to be different for every sort of business out there, but, um, you know, another thing is I would say, and, and this can be tough. I, I, you know, speaking from my own personal experience here, um, you might also you have not be too proud, not, not, sorry, not be too proud to ask for help, you know, um, if you do put it out there that, you know, if your business is, is on the verge of, of closing or something like that, you know, try to let your customers know that because many of them, they really will support you. Um, you know, that's something that I've found with, with you know, the, the community in town here and, and, you know, people who've interacted with my store is a lot of people, they want their books, of course, but they also really don't want flurries to close. They really want to have their bookstore in their town. And that's been very encouraging and, and really, you know, improved my sort of state of mind as far as going forward with this, you know, quarantine situation that we're in. Um, how do you affect, um, how do you think that this will all affect the future of your business? Well, uh, you know, of course it's hard to, hard to predict. Um, for now, I'm, I'm doing all right. It's, you know, like I say, so far, the support has really been kind of amazing. It's been really good. And I, I can't thank the people in town and around outside of town who've, who've gotten in contact with us enough for their, their very amazing support of the store. But, um, you know, it, it, gets to, it, gets, it gets me thinking if, if this is to go on for, and I know people are already talking about, you know, some of the stores maybe opening up on a, in a limited capacity in the next month or two. And, you know, that would be good. I guess we'll see how it goes. But 
It's also a matter of if people feel comfortable enough to come back into stores in that time. And you know, this whole time that we we're closed to stores, I may be still selling books, um, but I'm still also paying rent on the building. <laughs> you know, it's not my building. And and if no one's in the store and I can't really have anybody in the store, it starts to make you wonder if I really need to be paying rent on the building. But then if I don't, you know, I, then I have to move out of the store and then I wouldn't really have a store. And I don't know, you know, that's people, people are supporting me because they want the store. So I don't want that either. It's, it's just, you know, it's, it's kind of a puzzle because, uh, you know, the rent and the other costs like that, you know, those don't go away, even though the store is not open. So um, anyway, to answer you more directly, I'm hoping that we can hang in there through this. You know, like I say, so far the support has been really amazing from the customers. And I do have some savings that I could that I could dip into. I'm, I'm saving that as a last resort, of course, um, to try and cover the bills and things if necessary. But I, I'm just hoping that, um, you know, this will, this, situation won't, won't go on for too long to the point where maybe there will be at least some limited way that I can have people in the store, maybe one at a time, you know, two at a time with masks or something. I don't know. I, you know, I, I don't know what rules they'll, they'll come up with or things like that or what, whatever will be the best ways to go about it. But uh, if not, I continue to operate the store as I have been with the mail orders and things like that. Um, and we'll just kind of see how it goes from there. Sure. My name is Bianca Parra and I am a music teacher. I have a little home studio where I teach private music lessons. I teach piano and voice and um, I've been doing it for a while and it doesn't, it's so funny, like introduce your business and I more feel like this is just like my enjoyment. <laughs> um, I do teach full-time elementary school music in the East Bay and I see about a little over 900 students a week uh, through from kindergarten all the way through fifth grade and that's a joy that's really awesome and then getting the contrast of um, seeing students individually is so amazing and it's really a big change because getting to work one-on-one -on -one with a singer or a piano student is just so much more um there's just so much more time to see a student's development and their growth and that is like really special to me so yeah just making music over here how has the shelter in place affected your business and how are you adapting you know to be honest the shelter in place hasn't i mean it's affected the just the system and interactions and m most of our lessons have gone online we're using all sorts of different platforms from google hangouts to facetime to zoom and it's been really exciting actually i was very reluctant to ever use tech for lessons like this i've had students that you know, I've needed to stop studying with me because they're moving out of state and their parents ask like, oh, do you do remote lessons? Do you do Skype lessons? And I'm just like, no, 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 I wouldn't do that. But um, it's definitely possible. And I see that a lot of music teachers have been doing this for their entire careers or, you know, a large part of their careers before shelter in place um, really required it. And I've been able to see how 
great it can be, especially for my piano students. It encourages them to be so much more independent. I'm not standing there pulling out their sheet music for them. I'm not standing there pointing to every measure that they're playing. Um, they actually are really becoming very good about writing in their measure numbers and locating um, where we are in our music without the super, super support from me showing them where to go. So I do appreciate um, the challenges that it has given uh, my students on the piano side. And on the voice side, they, my students are becoming really independent about playing their own tracks, having their sheet music out and prepared. And again, like, you know, locating different parts of the music that we are focused on. So instead of me just coming over to their music stand and pointing things out, counting it out, um, it's putting more responsibility on the student musician to navigate their materials. So I think it's been kind of awesome. And it, it's been a challenge in just staring at the screen, looking at um, my setup with my, I have two laptops out on my computer and um, I have sheet music all over the floor. So just kind of keeping up on the resources is a little bit of a challenge, making sure I've emailed out plenty of documents before our lessons so that they'll be available to students um, beforehand and that parents and students can print out. Um, that's a bit of a challenge for me organizationally. But honestly, it's it's been kind of a very, um, very reasonable experience. Yeah, that brings me to my next question. Um, what is the most difficult part about doing the lessons online? The most difficult part for me is the interaction. I love having my students in person. Um, and so on the flip side of having my students being really responsible and um, you know, more engaged in their own processing of their materials, it takes a little bit more time, I think, um, asking, okay, get out this song. It takes, you know, maybe like a 10 seconds for them, 15 seconds to locate their music, put it up on the stand, maybe adjust their iPads. And um, versus when when I'm here with them, they'll, they'll be finishing playing a piece and I'm pulling out the next piece already and like setting it up. So just like a, I've, I've extended lesson times to accommodate for or um, that little bit of lag. Um, so I would say that's one of the most frustrating parts of it, just making sure that um, not too much dawdling happens in between um, the lesson, but, or, you know, in between the lesson objectives. <laughs> yeah, I know um, as a student of yours, like, I was struggling to, you know, like trying to scroll through my music at the same time. You've done a wonderful job, Julian. I've actually been so impressed and I love that you're ready to go. Um, and so like I said, I've, because I've been extending lessons, lesson start times have been shifting a little bit. So sometimes I'm right on time and sometimes I'm like eight, 10 minutes behind. But um, I really appreciate the flexibility of my families and my students for just being ready on their day and about their time, you know, give or take eight or 10 minutes. <laughs> so it's been great. Thank you for listening. Stay safe. And remember to follow the safety guidelines.